Content warning. This episode of Quid Prog Quo deals with mental health issues such as anxiety and depression, drug and substance abuse, and dealing with death. This takes place in the second half of the episode in which we discuss Amy Winehouse's album, which is really good and you should absolutely listen to it. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Everybody to Quid Prog Quo, the music podcast where I introduce my friends and loved ones to progressive rock music, and they in turn get me to listen to whatever they want. And this time we have yet another returning guest of Lauren. Lauren was in uh, a couple, well, a while ago. <laughs> she had me listen to Beyonce's Lemonade, which I devoured. I love that album. And I got her to listen to some moon safari which didn't quite connect with her as much as i was hoping to so we've got her back on and i hope that she'll really enjoy the pick that we've got for this one we're entering into a summer vibes episode so we both chose albums that have a summer vibe to it uh and before we jump in i always want to give a huge thank you to olana alinsky for designing the show's graphic as well as explosive ear candy for their track all together now which is the podcast soundtrack so thank you for both of those um and uh, i think that's about it so without further ado let's dive into these summer vibe albums Welcome back, Lauren, and uh, yeah, welcome to our summer vibes episode. We vibing. We vibing. Summer, <laughs> double back summer. Double back summer. Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh, that should be the hash- hashtag for the summer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So this is your second appearance with us. It is. I feel like I. I can't even remember when we first did it, to be quite honest. And it felt like that was actually last summer. Yeah, I want to say it was like fall or something around those lines, but it maybe. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, like time at this point is like a flat circle. It has no meaning. So, uh, but yes, uh, this episode we went into it with the idea of summer vibes. and so yeah i'm pretty excited to see what we have in store uh so for those that missed our brilliant and masterpiece uh first episode uh do you want to let people know who you are and how we know one another right yeah for sure so uh i mean i have known you uh for like it's now we're talking like time is passing like seven eight years <laughs> We're old. Uh, I <laughs> through the Ontario Library Association, where I currently work as the manager of marketing and communications. And yeah, we did a uh, we were in a writing group for a while, and just kind of keeping in touch. And uh, you obviously have this podcast where 
I first brought Beyonce's Lemonade on, which mm-hmm. we had a very long discussion about and that you had to cut a lot from. But <laughs> so, yeah, so it's going to, this might probably be another long episode again. Ooh, excellent. Yeah, because I gave you Moon Safari, um, which we talked a little bit about, um, but I've, I've, I don't want to say I've learned the error of my ways, but I'm getting a better idea of the type of music that you like to listen to. So right, and I think you'll you might this might give you a bit more of an indication of the music I like okay. as well with the album I've chosen, as well as the one I wanted to choose but couldn't. Okay, so tell me about this album that you wanted to choose but couldn't. Well, that's why I had asked you like which ones had been covered on previously because I really really wanted to talk about Harry Styles' Fine oh. Line. Yeah, yep. it was already covered like a, not even that long ago. Yeah. It's yeah. been my album this summer. Like it's, that's my vibe this summer is like Harry Styles. <laughs> it's a good vibe. It's a good vibe. Um, and I had a good time with the album. I just remember that my boy Harry loves him some fruit. He yes. loves that fruit. Fruit. To a oh, very, yeah. To, like, you know, when, <laughs> And this was something that I mentioned on that podcast, that episode, like, you know, when somebody routinely goes back to that same metaphor, uh, especially uh, in a literary sense where they're always going back to this one metaphor. Um, Like I remember Shakespeare was just like all about birds. So like all of his metaphors were always about birds. And at some point you're like, is he just like a closeted like (laughs) bird watcher? And like, this is his way of getting that out. And I, I wonder if like Harry has that same kind of thing, but with fruit. Yeah, I love it so much. <laughs> I, that album gives me like hard European vibes, which I miss. I miss Europe so much. Right. right. Uh, like I, if there wasn't a pandemic, my, my sister-in-law lives in the South of France oh, and wow. I haven't been able to visit her. And it, it just makes me think of like teal, like oceans and like mm-hmm. beaches. I just, it's a vibe I really like and I miss. So I couldn't pick that one. So I picked another one that is the complete opposite of it. It's kind of summer vibes, but also dark summer vibes. Okay. Okay. I think we'll have a lot to talk about. I think we'll have a lot to talk about. So tell me a little bit about this album that you chose instead. So it will be Amy Winehouse's Back to Black. Uh, And actually, funny enough, well, not sorry, I shouldn't say funny enough, Uh, sadly enough, it was her, the anniversary of her death about four days ago. She died 10 years ago. Wow. Um, So, yeah, 10. 10 years ago, that, because it seems like yesterday. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, so that would be, that's my recommendation to you. Uh, And it's quite, actually, I didn't realize it's quite a short album. It's only 35 minutes long. Okay. 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 So I, I need to ask, um, I know we'll get into it more proper, but like what brings about the summer vibes for this album? Cause you said it's a little bit darker. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the type of album that really speaks to like her substance abuse, mm. her mental health issues that she, and you, when you listen to it, you get a sense that she can never really resolve it and it obviously sadly didn't happen. But for me, like the vibes that I get are like, it's hot, it's London, it's like Brit pop soul. So you kind of, it feels like it's a hot album. Like it should be like really boiling. You don't have air conditioning. It's kind of, 
it's almost feels like the oppressive heat of it. So maybe not quite the summer vibes, but like it, I, I can't really listen to it in the winter time. Like it, I don't know. It just sounds not like the right temperature. <laughs> right. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I'm excited. And the album that I got for you, it also kind of has that darker summer feeling to it. Uh, and the reason why I chose this one was I was introduced to this album in the summer and when I listen to it, I always listen to it in the summer, uh, specifically summer evenings and summer nights. Um, I remember really, really diving into this album when I was up at the family cottage, um, lying on the back of our bell rider uh, boat uh, and just like stargazing. Uh, and so it kind of okay. has that, that vibe, but it is a little bit on the heavier side. Um, so the album that I have for you, uh, and you don't have to worry because there's no 20 minute songs on this one. Uh, <laughs> it's four songs, but it's almost an hour long. <laughs> it's four songs and there's almost an hour, yeah. Uh, no, this is um, probably the most popular album from the band, uh, the band called Porcupine Tree. Porcupine Tree. That's the one. Uh, and it's their 2002 album, In Absentia. And I finally learned how to pronounce this after almost 10 years of butchering it, because I always would pronounce it in absentia, because okay. I'm one of those, if I don't hear it, I try to figure yeah. out the pronunciation myself. Phonetically. Yeah. Phonetically. So I, yeah. for the longest time, was calling it in absentia or in, in absentia. Um, and I was, of course, getting bashed on the internet because that's what happens when you mispronounce things. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this is um, a loose concept album. Like all of Porcupine Tree albums are like semi-concept albums, but I always feel like they never stick the landing um, for the concept that they're going for. Like they, they stick the concept in terms of the mood and the atmosphere, but never in terms of like a narrative essence like there's never like a, oh, okay you know like there's always a through line for all the songs but there's never like a sticking of the landing really properly it usually gets gum up within the works by either trying too much or going off for a couple tracks so um anyway this also has a lot of their most popular tracks okay so. well i think if you really like narrative through lines or kind of like having a thematic sense, like you'll get that in Back to Black. Like it's, okay, it's kind of like, uh, I, I was listening to it a few times uh, yesterday and today, and it, it does feel like its own like story. Like it does feel one of those albums that kind of tells like a story okay. and it does have like kind of ups and downs. Uh -huh, um, uh -huh. So it feels very organic that way. So you, I feel like you're going to like it. Okay. Okay. I'm pretty excited. I'm just going to bring that up on my phone here. Um, so yeah, uh, I know I'm going to be chilling on you know the couch with a fan. Uh, I've got my cold drink by my side, and I'm going to get some moody, kind of darker <laughs> summer vibes. Yeah, I know. It's like you, you were ready with your Hawaiian shirt, and I'm like, I'm bringing in some substance abuse, depression, <laughs> infidelity. Like, I'm not. My summer vibes are dark. That's okay. I mean, this, uh, I'm, I'm not going to spoil too much, but like the whole concept of this one tackles with some pretty dark subject matters. Um, so if you like true crime, then you'll really like this one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. 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 
Uh, All right. Uh, I will see you once the albums are over. Yeah, great. Okay. that both Lauren and I go into our separate music silos to experience one another's music. I get to listen to some Amy Winehouse, which I'm really excited to actually dive into. Uh, and she gets to listen to Porcupine Tree. I'm very excited to hear her take on it. A little bit different than the Flower Kings, which is what I gave for the first time around. So hopefully we'll have a little bit more of a connection on that part. Uh, and while we're listening to those, uh, I just want to thank some of my patrons and sponsors. Uh, the first up is Triple Nine. Thank you so much, Triple Nine. He is the latest in our um, Patreon family. Uh, And I also want to do a huge shout out to Grace. And Grace is actually putting out a new album soon. So uh, keep your eyes on that. I'm really excited to listen to uh, Grace's EP that she will be dropping very soon. And both um, Grace and Triple Nine are patrons of mine. So if you want to be cool like Grace and Triple Nine, you can head on over to my Patreon. It's Patreon slash Notes Reviews. Once again, that is Patreon slash Notes Reviews. Uh, and each tier gets something fun. At the very least, you get a shout out on this podcast, as well as a um, name at all uh, at the end of all of my videos. Um, and that's about it. Uh, if you want to see more of me, or if you want to hear more of me, head on over to YouTube. That's YouTube slash Notes Reviews, where I uh, upload up up late (laughs) upload pretty regularly uh so you can listen to and watch my reviews there Uh, i've also got this podcast on the youtubes uh with quid pro quo so if you're listening to this on the podcast head on over to youtube if you want to see the visuals and if you're watching this on youtube head on over to where you listen to your podcast and give this one a listen Don't forget to rate this as well uh, and give it some good stars uh, because that's how more people can find out about this. Um, And I think that's about it. That's all I wanted to let everybody know about. So let's dive back into the podcast, find out what I thought about Amy Winehouse's album, Back to Black, and what what Lauren thought of Porcupine Trees in Absentia. Let's dive back in. Excellent. So what did you think about Porcupine Tree and the Black, or I keep wanting to call it the Blackest Eye. That's the first track off of it. In Absentia. Um, yeah, I have feelings. <laughs> I... Okay, okay, okay. Let's, um, let's hear them. It's the first thing that I think about, I was, it felt like I was in an early 2000s, like, action movie like triple x where it's just like this metal music that was just playing and i'm like okay uh yeah i is weird because i i was doing it i was sorry i was listening to it while i was doing chores you know dishes uh Uh taking up recycling all that kind of stuff and i kind of uh, the first few songs were were okay. Like I actually didn't mind it up until I think, let me see here. 
I'm going to say the sound of music. And then it kind of went like down for me. And then it kind of meandered and Mm -hmm. went nowhere. So I feel like what you had said before were, you know, they want to kind of go for a bigger theme, which it kind of felt like it was, you know, about death, some substance like use as well, like, or people Mm -hmm. using drugs to numb themselves. Yeah. Uh, It kind of felt like they set it up, but I didn't really get much of a payoff. Does that yeah. make sense? Now, that totally makes sense. That's always been my, um, outside of maybe one or two albums from Porcupine Tree, I feel like that's kind of their MO. They have these really great setups that they never really pay off, that do fizzle out. And one of my, one of my main criticisms of this album is that I do feel like it's a little bit too long. I do feel like that second half drags quite a bit. Um, I would have cut a lot of different tracks off of that second half. Um, But uh, so this album is an interesting kind of transitionary album for them because they originated as like the psychedelic um, ambient space rock group. And then slowly and generally became like this hard rock metal kind of outfit. Um, and their last three albums are more like straight up metal rather than being having elements that are more like ambient and space rock. Um, and there are things that work about this and things that don't. Um, fans think yeah. that this is their best work or one of their best works and it's fine. But like my main thing was like, this is my summer album for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I totally agree. Like the, the first half is like totally fine. Like I didn't mind. It's not really my type of music. It mm-hmm. almost reminded me like some of the songs were quite emo and it was like taking me back to like yeah. listening to Link Park and being mm-hmm. like sad with myself. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause this, this came out around that time, right? Like 2002 was right. like the height of that new metal, very, it, um, like rage filled angsty metal. So yeah. It feels so it's time. I evanescence, like all uh-huh. those like bands that I listen to and I don't anymore. Cause it just doesn't fit with like my life. Right. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. Cause I was thinking, I'm like, man, they needed to kill some darlings in this album. They needed to cut two, three to four songs from this uh-huh. and it would have been fine. Uh-huh. Like, I think if it, it's just, as soon as it got to, you know, it was like the wedding nails project dot three, like, and that kind of stretch was like, Oh boy. And they're, they're like the longer tracks. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, oh, and they're instrumental. And I was like, why? What's the point of having it when you're not leading into something? So mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, is this song still going? Like the yeah, other and- ones felt like they were a proper, they were an appropriate amount of length. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would agree. Although I still like, I would have gotten rid of Prodigal. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that instrumental. Uh, I mean, for me, I love the stretch that is, um, or, yeah, Gravity Eyelids and Wedding Nails. I would have gone, sorry, I'm getting all confused here. Um, <laughs> it's Wedding Nails that I would cut out because I do love yeah. that stretch of Prodigal into point three, um, like okay. that one-two punch. I would also probably cut Creator Has a Mixtape, Heart Attack uh, in a lay-by, uh, lay-by 
um, and stripped the soul and gone straight into Collapse Light into Earth, which is one of my all-time favorite tracks. I This yeah. was one of the things that I love sitting down uh, and even lying down and just staring at the stars for. the creator has a master tape the heart attack one and i sorry hold i I pulled up it was the the creator has a master tape and strip the soul ones were like i felt the darkest songs Uh because some of the lyrics i was like uh excuse me what are you telling me right now uh whoa like yeah dark this is getting like a little like not good dark yeah yeah like the whole concept of this album is like in absentia is like you're missing something in your essence like there's clearly this absence uh and this absence is what leads humanity to do horrific things and so it's kind of like these little case studies of all these like either serial killers or um like really dark and nasty people that do the absolute worst types of things. Um, And like, what, why, right? And I do think it's a little bit of an oversimplified examination of the human spirit in that sense, where just saying, oh, because they're lacking in this, this essence, this thing, or they have this like black hole in their souls, this is what leads them to do these horrific acts. And I'm like, well, it's a little bit of a simplistic outlook on things, but it makes for some pretty interesting music. Yeah, I agree. Cause it, it, yeah, it felt, yeah, it felt one dimensional. Uh, oh. And the lyrics kind of felt a bit repetitive too. And like, I felt they were kind of saying the same thing in different songs. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, I get that the world is like, we're all, like for example, like the music of Prozac. Yes, we're all numbing ourselves. Yes, we all know this. So, but yeah. why? Like, tell me about your perspective or like your <laughs> attitude toward that. You're just saying, oh, the world is all numb from, and music will not exist anymore. I'm like, I don't think that's true. Yeah. Music of the future will not entertain. It's only meant to repress and neutralize your brain. different views about it and uh-huh. to take but maybe again it's just of its time like 2002 is a whole different time from 2021 like i was gonna say it's like almost yeah. 20 years um, yeah so like our i feel like particularly with like drug use like maybe our attitudes have changed and maybe we haven't quite numbed ourselves i would uh-huh. i would say for some yes for others i don't think so so yeah yeah i, I agree it's like the simplified uh perspective of it felt like i felt it 
for yeah. sure. Yeah, like it reminds me of um, using a literary author. It reminds me of like Chuck Palahniuk in his mm. writing where he puts down some really interesting things, but it's also very like one dimensional. It's like, yes, humanity sucks. We understand that. What about like some of those nuances? Like let's let's yeah. kind of dive into a little bit of that. Um, and speaking of The Sound of Muzak, it's my least favorite track off of this. And it's also one of the more famous and like more critically revered one. Um, but this is like one of the big things that I have um, a gripe against. And I know we're kind of bashing this album. So eventually I do want to talk about some of the things I do like about this album. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, and I used to be, especially around that time, very like, elitist when it comes to music it's like music is only good if there's this art that's behind it it's only good if it has this like big message behind it and music of today doesn't have that it's either bubblegum pop that's being synthetically produced by machines <laughs> for money or it's being done by these kids that don't know anything and i'm like Again, at that time, I was like, yeah, this guy gets it. Like, none of the good music has been put out since 1977. And everything since punk and disco has sucked without realizing all of, like, the, you know, things that come with that. But now growing up and being an adult, I'm like, <laughs> like, music is, it can be in, enjoyed by so many different people, right? And just because this is one way to enjoy music doesn't mean it's the only way to enjoy music. Yeah, for, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, I'm one of those people who likes the bubblegum pop, so I'm mm -hmm. not, I, I know I say I have the worst taste in music. <laughs> I like all the pop. I love all the new crappy, I just like be bopping around. Oh, oh for but sure. I also like the serious stuff, so I've... you know, you can be I've I've given my per myself permission to like what I like um, yeah. and that has just opened up my world of all this different music and I mean even the lead songwriter Stephen Wilson has come out and said like ABBA is one of the greatest bands around I'm like how do you hold these two ideas in your head at the same time <laughs> you know so anyway um We've mentioned a lot of like some of the the down points about this album. Was there anything about this album that you actually did enjoy? Um, I liked the feeling of nostalgia that I was fourteen years old, being in my room <laughs> listening to some emo. Uh, there, you go. there you go. There you go. It's just it's funny that this you know it, it you can kind of recognize the sound and you're like oh yeah, uh -huh. bringing it back, bringing oh, it yeah. back. Uh, yeah, and I think I liked some of the um, some of the lyrics too. I feel like uh, I I think my favorite. I would say like again, it's not really like in my taste, so I I wouldn't probably listen to this again. But I think my the the one I like connected to the most was trains. Yes, and I uh, I liked because I felt like this again. It was like the setup that I was expecting and then I was expecting the payoff which I really didn't get but like you mentioned that it was like the summer like your summer uh, album or one of your summer albums and it goes on like always the summers are slipping away find yeah. me a way for making it stay and I, I kind of like this idea that like some things are ephemeral and like they kind of come and go summers come and go like you know we'll probably have like two hot 
weeks of hot weather and then it'll just be gone and that's their summer. So I like the idea that, and I, I like the acoustics on that one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt more summery yeah. and I kind of just like, uh, one of the lines is 60 ton angel felt falls to the earth. And I really liked that imagery. It was like really cool. Cause I never thought angels had weight. So mm. I don't know. It was, I, I, it was like, it really interesting imagery in that one. Um, and like kissing and like, you know, I, I don't want this to go away. And then, but it was also surrounded by a lot of death. So, and that's why I was like, okay, so like the themes of this are, you know, maybe someone has passed and this, they're, they're writing the, this music for someone who has died or they're contemplating their own mortality and, but again, if, with life, you know, there, there is death, there's still life. So I kind of liked that there was like, it was in between these uh, two tracks, like the blackest eyes and lips of ashes. So like the, the track listing there is great because you get like the eyes and the lips, but then there's like in between, there's like trains, which is like yeah. a mode of transportation. So I, I like the three, like the three right there, I was like, oh, okay, great. That's like a good setup for an album. And then it kind of, again, just going back to like, then it kind of just goes like, it doesn't keep with, to me, like a a easy to follow structure, but like the three right there do, which I liked. Um, And then uh, going there. So yeah, I would say Trains was my, my favorite or the one I connected to the most. thought that the first three tracks uh was just one continuous track when i was first listening to this um and trains is probably the most popular um porcupine tree song that's been written um and much like harry styles with fruit the lead um composer uh, and lyricist of Stephen Wilson uses trains a lot. So this was kind of like the crowning jewel of the trains metaphor. Um, And yeah, I agree. I think that the first three tracks are the real highlight. I still love the kind of middle track of Gravity Eyelids and that final track of uh, Collapsed Light into Earth um, with Prodigal and point three um, being kind of that midpoint. So like if I were the one that was kind of constructing this, I would have left off Sound of Muzak because it really does disrupt the flow of those first three tracks that you had mentioned. And yeah, I yeah, it just, yeah, I agree. It, but like, I feel yeah. like that one, uh, yeah, it doesn't work in the flow, but I still kind of like, I liked the premise of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Like uh, maybe even moving it so that it's more like back-ended. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my own take from it. I still think it has some of my favorite tracks from Porcupine Tree, specifically that last track of Collapse Light into Earth, maybe just because it is so different and so chill in 
comparison yeah. to everything else that's around it. I feel like, as you had mentioned, you know, the, the serial killers and like having these like dark perspectives of humanity, I kind of wish they kind of kept that off mm. because that was like the disruptive thing. I liked the idea of like a whole earth because like the, the claps the light into earth and like the angel coming down or like this sense of like wholeness in there, or I don't know. Yeah. There's something a bit more there than like having these really dark songs interrupting hmm. the album. Like, I don't know, like the creator has a master tape, like the, he drove a spike into his head. I was like, I don't want to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> I, if I could skip it, I would. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, you put them in a shed. I'm like, oh, excuse me, what? Excuse me, what? Okay. Yeah. Uh, no thank you so no, thank I, I, you. but like I guess and again this this is my personal preference but also I think in the times that we live in and the time I'm living in my life is that right now dark things like that that it just not vibing with me right no, right no summer from, See, and I was I was <laughs> caught between a rock and a hard place because the other album that I was going to give you was the Flower Kings, The Sum of No Evil. And it is very happy, jovial, um, but the shortest track is like seven minutes long and it's got five tracks and it's almost an hour long. So I was like, I do feel I feel like you should have kept with your like theme, like give more, <laughs> like three songs. And then they'll be very long. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, well, I, I know I struck out the last time when I gave her long tracks and it was very hippy dippy, very like, um, you know, praising the sun and flower chower, power. Um, and I thought, okay, well, let's try something completely different and see if she'll connect. <laughs> so I feel like this is a very much um, ready uh, fire aim kind of a situation. I think you know I what think, and my, yeah. my taste is that so like you're I I'm really picky so I even I'm like it, it's hard for me to like certain things uh so I just got to keep trying stuff so you just got to keep trying okay <laughs> yeah and I plan to do that because now I'm getting a better taste for uh what you're into with uh transitioning into Amy Winehouse's mm -hmm. uh back to black mm -hmm. um, oh yeah yeah, yeah. So let's move from one darkness to another. Um, <laughs> from like the world's darkness to a singular person's darkness. Yes, yes. And that is like, again, this is part of the reason why I love doing this podcast is finding out how two very different expressions of music can connect because one is very holistic and the other is very personal. Um, and yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this album. Um, I, I loved it from... Uh, front to back um, and I didn't realize I had heard a few of these tracks before not realizing it um, I know I'm going to bounce around a little bit but I didn't I now know where that meme comes from from me and Mr. Jones because mm. they use that opening line of uh, what kind of fuckery is this uh, yeah. in, a, in a lot of different media because I'm addicted to TikTok and that is used quite often. What kind of fuckery is this? You made me miss the slick reggae. I thought I didn't love you when I did. Can't believe you played me out like that. 
So I was originally exposed to this through the title track of Back to Black. Um, but when Glee covered it, because I was a huge Glee fan. Yeah, right, right. Um, and I believe it was Santana that did it. And I always thought Santana was criminally underused. Well, I felt like everybody that wasn't, you know, the main, you know, Artie, um, sorry, not Artie. Maybe it was Artie. There's the three guys, like the three main persons, the jock, the main woman, um, drama star, um, and can't ever remember his name, the, the gay guy that was on there. Oh God, I, have, I haven't watched Glee since it came out. I like, know, oh. but I always <laughs> felt like those three were always used. And then the rest of the cast who had brilliant and beautiful singing voices were never all that used. Um, right. And so I always thought Santana was criminally underused because when she was doing Back to Black, I'm like, this is so friggin' good. Um, so yeah, I loved the marriage between this kind of funk groove from the 70s with more of the crooner, uh, smoky jazz bars from the 40s in a very modern expression and dealing with very modern issues. Um, yeah, for sure. Like her, like she, and I feel like that, like if we're talking underrated, this album, I think is not, her influence is not talked about, I think enough, especially in the short amount of time that she was here on this earth, yeah. uh, like influencing so much uh, Brit pop and soul. Like she's one of the reasons why Adele is so huge. I was going to say, I, I could hear Adele yeah. in this. She was a huge hit and they're like, we need all the British women who can sing like this right now. Uh And so like Adele credits, you know, her first album and her success uh, to, you know, for one of the reasons why she's so successful, but like, I, I love soul. um, And I love her, her look and how she envisioned herself as an artist. Like she embodied it. Yeah. And her voice is just so incredible. Like it's just such such range and she can make it sound airy and, but at the same time, really full. Yeah. So her, the lyrics are just like, you can chew on for days. Oh, for sure. I kept writing like um, different adjectives about the lyrics, like full bodied, chunky, um, like a lot of these like big words. Um but like erythral and um, like, yeah, very, like you could really sink your teeth into. Um, what I also, cause I'm a music guy first and the ly- lyrics kind of second, um, I was loving a lot of the kind of seventies traditional sounds that were on it. Um, like on the track, Just Friends, how prominent the electric piano was because mm-hmm. that's an instrument that is really set in that decade and you don't really hear it in the 80s and forward and you never really heard it before because it wasn't really invented so i love that she was able to put that style in there um and i love the use of like brass instruments and woodwinds so it allows amy's voice to be the main star rather than having these soaring guitars or massive string sections or something to kind of take the limelight away from that. She's using the instruments as, I don't want to say props, but as um, 
accents for her own voice. Yeah, and uh, I'm just looking at the track list here. Like at the piano too, and on, uh, I think it's Tears Dry On Your Own, uh, mm-hmm. on their own. Uh, she actually samples uh, Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Um, I was gonna as say, well. I wrote down Ain't No Mountain High Enough on yeah. that, uh, yeah. because it so sounds like that. I don't know why I got so attached. It's my responsibility. You don't own nothing to me but to walk away. I have no capacity. He walks away. The sun goes down. He takes the day, but I'm grown. And in your way, in this blue shade, my tears dry on their own. I don't understand. Why do I stress the man when there's so many? Yeah. So, and I like how. I, you know, it's funny because I actually focus on the, the instruments. I, like to me, it's in each song is kind of like their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm actually kind of curious what your favorite one was, because I there's like it, it's kind of varied in like the subject matter. Like she talks about rehab. She talks about being addicted. She also talks about infidelity and kind of these like crude using these really crude words. But mm-hmm. I was kind of curious what your favorite one was. Um, so for me, and again, I, I'm interesting because, well, I, who knows if I'm interesting or not, but like the way that I take in music is like holistically. Um, so when I listen to an album, it's like a singular piece of music with these kind of chapters subdividing it. So I think the track that I love the most was the title track of Back to Black, mainly because of the progression of songs that we had leading up to it. Um, right. with a close second being this, the track that follows it, which is Love is a Losing Game, because it almost mm-hmm. starts a new chapter from yes. Back to Black. So, like, if we're looking at how, um, like, In Absentia had this weird flow to it, I feel like this has a very fluid flow where all the tracks before Back to Black, specifically Me and Mr. Jones and Just Friends, kind of build on this momentum that Back to Black utilizes and kind of devours that, that then Love is a Losing Game has to build from almost nothing and starts a whole new chapter on it. So those two were kind of my favorite just based on where they were in the track listing, as well as like just the grooving of Back to Black. And the subject matter of uh, love is a losing game. It's like a pipe, and I'm a tiny penny rolling up the walls inside. We only settle by with words. I died a hundred times. You go back to her and I go back home. We only settle by with words. Yeah, I like I I I love this album because I yeah, I agree. I I'm probably a more personable. Like I I prefer music that is a bit closer to someone and I like how she kind of goes through like uh you know I'm no good me and Mr. Jones like yeah those three tracks kind of like going back and forth with like her relationship and it's like specifically about her ex-husband 
um, and the very tumultuous relationship they had. And then back to black is kind of like, yeah, that hard, like she is gonna go back into perhaps her depression. She's alone. And then love is in losing game feels so resigned. And it's yeah. like, I feel like we can all kind of in some way connect to like, yeah, you know what? It's not as great as everyone says it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's, it is a losing game. And I, I just love the lyrics of it. It's just, uh, it, 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 she says it's a fate resigned. Like it, how sad oh. is that? If you think yeah. about, I, yeah, it, to me, it, I can't uncouple it from her her life because you're just like, Amy, you were loved. Like, oh my God. And she's, and you can hear it in her voice. And it's just like, oh, I just want to give her a hug. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's not really any uplifting, uplifting songs on here. Like it's even just with the titles of um, like tears dry on their own and wake up alone and some unholy war. Um, it's like, oh, I, I feel that, you know, like I really feel this futility about it all. And there's, I don't know, I'm trying to remember there was either some kind of media, it was either a show or something where it's like, we know something bad is going to happen. And we know that there's no way that we can um, stop it. And maybe I'm thinking of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, where at the end, he has nowhere else to run within his own memories. And he realizes that this is the end and that he's going to wake up with absolutely no memories of Clementine. Uh, and they have this beautiful saying where like, this is the end. There's nothing else to do. It's futile to even try to stop it. What should we do? And his response was, we'll enjoy it as best we can. And on the one hand, that's almost kind of the antithesis of this, where it's like, we're not going to enjoy it as best we can, but the parade still continues. Like, we're yeah. going to get up and continue on as best we can. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's so heart-wrenching. Yeah, it is. And like, I feel, um, you know, Wake Up Alone it, it is an interesting song too, because it's kind of sitting in between or it's coming off of Tears Dry on Their Own, which is, I think, one of the more popular songs. Like Rehab is like number one. Yeah. Um, and then uh, me and Mr. Jones and Back to Black. But like Wake Up Alone is like, she's like in her house, she's like cleaning and she's just like, uh, it actually has some of my, again, I'll just keep talking about the lyrics. Uh, Cause <laughs> I think they're phenomenal. Um, like it's some of my like the most I I hear it I'm like oh that's just such like that's poetry to me uh, and I'm just trying to find it here oh um soaked in soul he swims in my eyes by the bed pour myself over him moon spilling in and I wake up alone and you're just like oh Oof. I felt that oh yeah like you can picture him right there and then she's like he's not there and like oh my god like oh. yeah it's and I feel like again you you can you know I, no summer vibes here it's all sad um <laughs> sad summer vibes. well I will say I will say again as a as a music guy first there is a lot of like music that is quite bumping like if we stay with wake up alone for some reason I found the music very soothing like I found oh, the groove right. of that very um, 
like rocking, like not in a, like a power rock kind of a thing, but yeah, just but like, like a physically, yeah, physically rocking. Like where the, just, the ocean coming in and out. Yeah, yeah, you you literally just float along on it. Um, and mm -hmm. similarly with um, friends, uh, just friends, um, on that first yeah. side, um, it, it does have a faster tempo um paired with a very chill presentation And I love when yeah. when a track is able to do these kind of like dichotomies within the music where either the tempo will be slower, but the music presentation is quite quick. Or in this case, it's a faster tempo with a very chill like track going around it, which is doubled down with this marriage between the electric piano, which is a very chill, soft instrument with a lot of horns on it, which are very bombastic and brass. Um, yeah sound on there so even though the the lyrical content might not necessarily be the summer chill vibes the music itself does lend itself to it yeah and i like i mentioned before it, it feels uh like i've been to london uh uk three times now and there is a feel like when you get to that city it does have its own like feeling and energy and when i listen to this album it's like i can definitely picture london being really hot mm. and uh because really they don't have much air conditioning there it doesn't get very hot except when they have major heat waves right and so i can picture like it just has like brit soul brit pop has its own like flavor to it which i really like yeah because it's 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 weird how when it comes from a certain place in the world it has its own like you can't really specifically point out how, why it sounds like that, but yeah. I'm like, that's totally from England. Like it's yeah. totally by someone who has an English accent and, you know, has lived there and grown up there. And yeah, I just, it's, yeah. And I, I feel like here's right on my own. Like I could picture it. It sounds like, you know, you're walking down the street and you're like, huh, all the pears, I'm going to just, you know, it, that I feel like is the only like, yeah okay i got this right yeah i got this like, <laughs> so you know i yeah so some summer vibes in in there yeah yeah <laughs> there is some summer vibes and kind of backpacking a little bit on being set very much in britain um and within seoul it's very interesting because like if you look at the history of seoul and where it originated uh specifically in the americas um for yeah. like the black community um, and how that they took that history and really put it into the music like they did with jazz and like they did with uh, a lot of other styles of music. Um, I love that that same essence can be connected with a UK audience where they have very similar issues um, and utilizing that expression and that craft to their kind of the best way that they can for that and still making it sound even though it had a very like american 
root sounds so very UK and so very British. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's funny too because she I don't think is uh, black. Um, Though I could be wrong, uh, I th- I think she's Jewish actually. Yes, I know. Um, um, she did. Yeah, because I know she did quite a lot of duets with uh, Tony Bennett and um, yeah. a few other individuals, but like that came from that kind of a background, um, which I think is more like when I think of Tony Bennett, I more think of like New York and yeah, that yeah. Scene. Well. And I feel, but I feel like, again, it kind of goes to like what you said before. It's like kind of like lounge. I I picture like, again, like I listen to this album, like I picture like 60s London. They're like in those smoky like Uh lounges Uh and I can see like the clothes and it feels like uh, not, again, I think it kind of goes back to the oppressiveness of it. Maybe not, she's expressing it personally but maybe she's like by evoking these kinds of music styles from a time when maybe people didn't quite have a lot of like rights or like liberties Mm -hmm. uh she's using that as in like to say like I'm being oppressed in certain different ways so I yeah I uh I don't know where I was going with that oh it was all good (laughs) yeah it's like and thought done um I'm done. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because when you said about the the smoky jazz bar, I I continuously found myself doing the whole like cigarette kind of, even though I don't smoke and I never will, but like doing this with my my pen being like, oh, yes, I'll be that sophisticated individual in the uh, the jazz bar with my my cigarette. Right. And I'm just like, that's right. Capturing, (laughs) capturing the mood, you know, so yes, this was uh, a very, very beautiful album. And I thank you very much for introducing that to me. So you've never listened to her like fully? You only have heard like bits of her song? Yes, I, I mean, outside of Glee, which was my main introduction to this. <laughs> um, and the the like very popular stuff, like even though Rehab apparently is like one of the more popular ones, I had never heard it until I listened to this album. Um, really? Really, really. When it came out, oh my god! It might have been, but I somehow missed it being in my little progressive rock silo, of like, if it's not prog, yeah. I'm not going to listen to it, right? So yeah, it's interesting. Freehab is a is a really interesting song because, and especially in the context of like what ended up happening to her, because uh-huh. she like deliberately says she's like, I'm not going back there. You can't make me go back ah. there, and uh, she did. I go into rehab at some point, but like, you know, obviously subsequently um, passed from alcohol poisoning. So it's just like, that's the opening track. That's the most popular track. And you kind of think it's like, if it's so popular, like why did people not recognize her illness and her abuse? Um, And no one helped her as much. And like, you're seeing, and I feel like that's, like I'm gonna totally connect this back to Britney Spears because hashtag free Britney. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, like these these women who were making this type of music, you know, in the early 2000s, you know, and really being used up in the media to be like, oh, look at her, she's being, she's doing all these crazy things, she's getting in all these fights, and oh, she's like mentally ill, and ha ha ha, and it's like, you know, there's consequences to that, and I, I it's it's just so frustrating that she had to be, you know, a victim of that. So. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, it, it's just, I feel like it's a bit more relevant now. Um, interestingly enough, especially 10 years after she has passed and yeah. people are like, uh, yeah, no, she needed help. And, uh, yeah, her being famous did not help. No, no. If anything, it is, it exacerbated it, you know, yeah. and like this entire album is, um, and I don't mean this in a negative, but a, a scream for help. Like it's a cry for help Yes, in oh, so many different ways. And most people are like, oh, isn't art great? Like, look what you can do with your suffering. And it's like, no, you need to help this woman. I, I, you could, I couldn't have said it better. That is exactly it. I'm like, I, how do you not like, if you're producing this album, if you're listening to this before it came out, like, how were you not like, uh, Amy, can we talk please? Yeah. Like, like uh, and I, and I think now, uh, uh, I think her friend uh, just came out with a book and they just recently came out with a new documentary. And I think now, and especially because back then, again, I think mental health and the conversation around it was much different than it is now. Yeah. That they recognize they're like, we did not see what we can see now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're helping with like more awareness and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah. Suffering for art is okay to a point. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's it's true. Like, um, you know, there's this whole thing of like, how much do you suffer for your art before it takes your life, essentially? You know, you're flirting a, a monster in that sense. Like, I always think of it as like, if you are submitting this to a teacher or a professor and they're reading it and they don't take you aside afterwards to ask how you're doing, then that's when you have like, that's kind of the benchmark, right? So I think if somebody were to submit this project to a professor or a teacher and the teacher doesn't immediately sit down with the student and be like, are you okay based off of your art? That's when you need to at least have that conversation. And I wasn't behind closed doors, so I don't know if those conversations were had, but. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure either. Like from my like just cursory uh, like research, it sounded like, you know, I, I also think perhaps like her, um, she had a lot of issues with her relationship and like maybe mm-hmm. that kind of made it worse. Uh, I think here also said she had mentioned she was manic depressive, so bipolar mm-hmm. disorder. So, yep. you know, uh, maybe it's just like a whole, it's just like the collective, like, you know, one layer after another kind of yep. makes it worse and like uh, all that kind of thing. So, yeah. And, and, and yeah. It was it was it was definitely a, a different time ten years ago, and luckily the stigmas around mental illness are not as harsh. Like they're still there, but it's not as yeah. harsh as they were. Where half the time, if not most of the time, it was well, that's your problem. Like this is a yeah. character deficit, and you need to deal with it rather than you have a medical condition that needs to be properly treated. Yeah, and it's interesting, uh, too, because now, like, today, literally, you know, Simone Biles uh, pulled out of the Olympics and specifically citing her, like, stress levels and mental health. So it's obviously, you know, I I agree because I think the stigma, like, there's a lot of talk around mental health, and I don't know necessarily if it's being followed up with action. And I think the people who are with the mental health issues are having to be like, I have to deal with this myself. And which I'm glad to see that, you know, it's being more highly publicized. Uh Obviously, it's still a little frustrating. Yeah. Uh, You know, personally, like I have to deal with it. I know uh, people in my life have to deal with it. And so it's sometimes not necessarily taken seriously or it's like 
weirdly separate from real life. I don't know. There's a lot I could go on about. Oh, it. <laughs> I, I'm 100% in that same both. I deal with it. And like, I, I feel like the, the, our climate now is built around awareness, but we still need to take that one more step for action. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Belle, let's talk. And, oh, let's raise awareness. It's like, great. But are you going to do anything? No, we're just going to continue talking about it. It's like, well, yeah. that helps, but. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think it's like, I, for people who don't have it, I think it, the awareness is great for them, but it's, like the people yeah. who already have it, I, I know my, I have awareness of it. Like, I don't need <laughs> to be told, oh, you need to talk. It's like, okay, but do you know how difficult that is? Like, yeah. literally, do you want to go up to someone and be like, hi, I can't get out of bed. Yeah. My name is Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, to have those kind of conversations, like those are painful, vulnerable conversations. And I think we're not, I, I want I wish we were there. I don't think as a society and what in the Western world, we're not there. Uh, we like to think we are, or the people who say those things think they are. And they think that doing enough, like, oh, well, we just, you know, here's some resources and go read this website. It's like, I need more than that, please. Yeah. yeah. I, I need, I need understanding outside of just awareness. Like I need proper, like, treatment support sometimes support yeah. yeah it's like yeah yeah like, yeah, so. yeah yeah that's i totally get you um <laughs> i would have to put a whole bunch of resources in the descriptions of all these because we're talking about some pretty heavy stuff but again uh, we're, yeah sure yeah. yeah trigger warning on some of these <laughs> because, uh she poor amy uh man yeah. she she comes with a lot so yeah. Uh, but, but definitely, I, yeah, it, but I feel like, again, I, I think listening to me, this is one of the things what I like about music is that you can listen to it and help identify like, oh, someone else has gone through this, like, and then I can help myself process those feelings or like understand them a bit better or like see them in a different light. For sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, as much as we dumped a little bit about the awareness part, like this is really key. Uh, as like a first couple of steps um, in seeing the consequences of not taking action. And it, it's a shame that it, well, it's always a shame whenever it happens, but it's doubly a shame when it's such a public figure and somebody that had so much potential. Like the entire time I was listening to this, I couldn't help but think, okay, she inspired, you know, Adele. She inspired, I, I would put money down to say that she inspired like Paloma Faith and like Florence and the Machine and like all of yeah, those yeah. other yeah. artists that came after her. Inspiring is great, but how much more did she have to give to us considering how young she was when she went? Yeah, for yeah. sure. And yeah. it, it's it's so, yeah, when you see someone, you're like, oh, it, she was so uh, broken inside and was creating so much good art. Um, and may have been able to contribute more, but maybe not. And I think that would have been fine too. Like if well, she had recovered um, and then was like, I can't do music anymore. I feel like that would have been just as fine as well. Uh, so yeah. And it's, it, again, I think it just, it's also strange, it, strange too, cause she was 27. So now it's of course part of the 27 club, Yeah, which is like, 
uh, a moniker which I absolutely hate. Oh, um, well, yeah, but it makes sense because I did a little bit of research because I was like really interested about this when I was a teenager, but it's like those who develop a substance abuse develop it usually around the age of like 15 to 17, uh, oh, sometimes wow. younger. Um, and the amount that they need because of habituation becomes deadly 10 years after the fact, which is why oh. so many of those people die at age 27, like Kurt Cobain, like Jimi Hendrix, like Jim Morrison, uh, because yeah. of the amount that they need becomes lethal at that time. Um, and the safety networks and social networks that they have developed no longer support them or they support the drug or the substance yeah. and not them. And, right. Or they're yeah. like, they're old enough to be supporting their own habit with mm -hmm. their own income. Yeah. Uh, that's really, I did not actually, that did not, uh, I had, I haven't heard that before. So yeah. that's, that's interesting. That's interesting timing too. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, because it usually takes about 10 years for you to be habituated to certain substances, specifically like alcohol, heroin, crack, and all the that. In order to feel the high, you need to take a lethal yeah. dose. Yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, my God. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I guess so. Like... from like summer vibes to. <laughs> yeah, our summer, our summer vibes were, were um, yeah, substance abuse, mental illness, and serial killers. Uh, yeah. Uh, welcome to Double Back Summer, everyone. We're out of the pandemic. Listen, guys, I'm sorry for listening to me. It's no. been a tough year. It's, We're it's, listening to some tough stuff. You know, it's 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 been a tough like twenty months. Okay. Yeah. So you know, let us let us have some of this. I think the next summer vibes will be like a chill vibe. Will be a happy vibes. You know, the next the next episode, I'll 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 get my friends to listen to some super happy music. But sometimes we need well, to also. I had, have, listened, I had listened to if we had listened to Harry Styles, it would have been a different. <laughs> we would have had, been like having Harry a did. very very different conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I think it's a, it's a very important conversation and one that needs to be had, you know, the whole talk and awareness. Uh, now yeah, let's actually sure. do something about it. Um, but I think, I think we can wrap that up there and I'm just going to extend another huge thank you for coming on and it's always a good time. And I know that you bring such a great wealth of conversation with you. So thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> having this uh is there anything that you want to plug anything that you want to let the audience know about oh gosh uh no i right now um right now i actually wish everyone just take a break from you know doing stuff take take some time i don't know i feel like myself i'm taking a break from social media in august which is gonna like i'm actually deactivating my accounts oh. for the first time ever wow. i've had facebook since it was invented practically so we'll see how that goes uh and I'm, i, I want to just focus on writing my book which i've been writing for i think i mentioned like in the previous episode been writing for five and a half years now yep. it's in a point where it's almost um done so yeah i don't have anything like to like publicly that's facing out uh it's more internal that's good you gotta work just gonna, yeah yeah 
Yeah, you got to work on yourself and work on that because I've read where that book had come from and I am so excited to read the finalized product and like walk into a store and buy it because I'm going to buy like five <laughs> copies of it. Um, well, yeah. thank you. Everyone thinks it's going to be published. I don't know if it's going to be published, but it's a definitely a different book from what you read. Like, wow. It's so different. It's, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, and uh, yeah, just taking some time to like, just relax and unwind and, uh, you know, I, like everyone, it's just been a very difficult time not being near people and not no. being, you know, living the life and living the dream. Know, I just want to float on my little floaty unicorn on the lake, you know, no. with you know my vodka seltzer and just relax. And just kind of relax. <laughs> so I hope yeah. everyone, including you, Michael, can go and do that because um, I feel like everyone needs like a month off personally. But yeah. 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 Before we, we drive right back into the before times, I think we all need like a month where it's just like we recover from all of this. So, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So thank you for coming on once again. And thank you to all of my listeners, you know, do the whole engagement thing, like subscribe, give comments, rates, whatever it is. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm going to double down on Lauren's statement. Take some time for yourself. Just chill. Find your Summer Vibes albums. And yeah, um, just keep sharing music, everybody. 